You are listening to NTC Messina's podcast, where our desire as a family of God is to simply know God, love one another, and make disciples. Welcome to New Testament. I'm Bruce Beckstead. I help out Greg and Justin and the other leaders here. Um, I think I played hockey growing up, and they had the the first line was the blue line and the second line was the red line, the third was yellow, and the fourth was the green line, the green latrine, they called it. So I'm like the, the yellow or the, or the green, but I'm here to hopefully serve up the Word of God. You know, I hope you're hungry this morning. Where's JJ? JJ's right there. JJ's my friend. I go to through McDonald's every now and then in the morning, and I say, JJ, I'm hungry. He says, we're going to take care of you. He says that to me. So um, I'm hoping that you're hungry this morning, and I I'm, I'm, I'm trust that we're going to be able to take care of you. So um, I love baby dedication. I love the fact about our church, how we value every person from ages 92 to 2 or whatever, or right, right from the start to the end. Um, I, one of my, or my daytime job is to teach Lean Six Sigma principles, and Lean comes from the Toyota production system, which is Japanese-based. And in Japan, culturally, there's a, a high level of respect for people. And so that's when we, when we teach Lean principles. We talk about respecting everybody who's contributing, every worker. And I love that aspect in the church that we bring that in here and we respect each other. We respect the young. We respect um, everybody has a place here and belongs. And I love how Charity took some time and prayed for every little little child and had a word for them. What a great way to start your life with a word from the Lord. Amen? So just, just good stuff here. And um, I was thinking, I, I was thinking this, this morning, and maybe this applies to, i got to get my password right here. Maybe this applies to many of us here today. Um, you know, God in the long run has all the responsibility and the ability, right? We, we think we're holding on to God, but in the, the truth of the matter is, if you've been in Christianity for any length of time, right, Ron? It's God that's holding on to us. And that's a good thing because my grip is only so good, but his grip is eternal. And when he grabs on to you or me, he means it. And it's permanent. It's everlasting. Jesus all the time bragged about not losing any. I've lost none, he says. And that's his heart for you and for me. And not just for you and for me, but our loved ones too. The ones that are, that are close to us in our heart that we really, can you imagine how much more God loves them? So I just want to encourage you today that it doesn't depend on your strength or my strength. It depends on the strength of the Holy Spirit. And, and it's eternal. And God's not going to let you go. He that has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. He's got you. He's not going to let you go. Sometimes it feels like you're free-falling, maybe, but 
he's he knows when to reach out. It's his, the Bible says his his arm is not short, right? And he can grab us and keep us. How many of you have experienced the keeping power of God year after year after year and can testify of his goodness? Amen. Amen. I want to talk today about um, the aroma of Christ. And we're going to start off with out of Jonah chapter 1, verses 1 through 10. And I'm going to read, if I can find Jonah here. He's in the latter part of the New Te- Old Testament, right? So Jonah chapter 1, very familiar passage. We know all about Jonah. And we're going to learn about um, how he has a great impact on so many people that he comes into contact with. It says in verse 1, chapter 1, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah. Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it. For their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship was about to be broken up. Then the mariners were afraid, and every man cried out to his God and threw the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten the load. But Jonah had gone down into the lowest parts of the ship, had lain down, and was fast asleep. So the captain came to him and said to him, What do you mean, sleeper? Arise, call on your God. Perhaps your God will consider us so that we may not perish. And they said to one another, Come, let us cast lots, that they may know for for whose cause this trouble has come upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, Please tell us, for whose cause is this trouble upon us? What is your occupation, and where do you come from? What is your country, and what and of what people are you? So he said to them, I'm a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, Why have you done this? Let's pray. Father, we thank you today, Lord, that you have a purpose for each of our lives, Lord God, and we can serve you as a function of blessing, Father, or perhaps even sometimes cause problems. Lord, we thank you, Lord God, that you're leading us to Nineveh, Father, and not to Tarshish. Help us, Lord God, to be able to discern and obey your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. So Jonah's, he, he, um, Jonah's presence, while he was disobedient, caused a lot of trouble. And so there's, you can unpack that statement at such a, it's, and, and go so deep into it. You know, the Bible says the Lord sent a mighty tempest. He was there, and it caused a lot of trouble when he made a bad decision. And you know, just like I know, that bad Christians can cause a lot of trouble for people around them, right? You've seen that. We can, case in points, and a lot of times that bad Christian was you or me, right? And so I'm, I, I'm thinking about um, if you're going to make a pizza, what would you put on a pizza to make it really good? Anybody? Sausage. 
pepperoni, mushrooms. What's that? Cheese. You got to have cheese. Onions are good, yep. Nobody said pineapple. Thank you very much. <laughs> but I know some of you were thinking about saying that, but you said, I better not. I don't know if I'm in that, that crowd this morning. But So that, this is my point here today. What ruins a good pizza? We'll say pineapple. For <laughs> and <laughs> we as Christians can ruin a situation, can't we? If we're not the way we're supposed to be, if we're not right with God, if we're heading in the wrong direction and we're blatantly disobedient to God. Now, I know that we're, there's levels of disobedience and we can do things that uh, we omit, for example, we miss, miss out stuff. And I don't think that's going to be an attribute, so to speak, when it comes to the impact of the people around us. But when we're blatantly and we're committed to going against what God is calling us to do, then we can cause a lot of problems. We can be like that pineapple. So I have a little video um, that maybe this will kind of tell the story just as clearly as I can just speak it. Go ahead. get it? God's calling us to be pepperoni and not pineapple, right? He's calling us not to be pig pen, right? Wherever you show up, something's going to go not so great and you're going to cause a stink, right? We don't, this is what I'm, this is what I'm talking about today. And this is a, a pattern in scripture. This is not just Jonah. We read about Abraham in Genesis, he goes off to Egypt, and he he brings um, his wife, and apparently she's very beautiful, and um, he conjugates a lie throughout the whole, and it causes major problems. Plagues actually came, and they found out, why have you done this to us? This is a disobedient Christian here that's causing trouble for everybody, a pig pen person. Matthew 26 talks about where Peter comes into the situation in the garden and he cuts off the guy's ear and Jesus has to stop him. Say, you're causing trouble here. This is not a good thing. If you live by the door, sword, you're going to die by And he heals the man. Uh, Exodus tw 2, verse where Moses murders a guy. 2 Samuel 11, David has Uriah killed. Uh, and then, I, like I said earlier, there have been situations in my own, life, my own life, and I thought about it yesterday, 
where, where I'd caused some really bad trouble, even as a Christian, in, an, in a place of disobedience. And I don't want to... I don't want you to feel condemned, or but I, I, I do want us to be warned again this morning that we, you and I have this impact on people around us that you probably don't even know. Remember Peter, when Peter was in, in the garden and um, somebody looked at him and said, you were, you were with him. I've seen you. You have that look, that sort of thing. And it, three different times people would recognized him as one of Jesus's followers and he denied it. So guess what? You and I are like Peter. We can't hide it. When you become a Christian, your countenance it changes. Who what you you your uh, citizenship, your whole being is transformed into another whole heavenly economy and you can't you look different. You hopefully smell different. And people around you, you can't hide it. You can, just like Peter couldn't hide it, you can't hide it. A lot of times, um, we've gone into the jail, and um, Mike has got Mike McGee's not here today, but he's gone to the jail with us, and we've seen this where where a person will come in one week and be part of our meetings, and we're gonna we're, we pray for them, and they and they actually receive the Lord, and they come back the next week, and they're entirely they they look entirely different. And you look different than you did before you were saved. It's just different. It's You can't hide it. You can't be like at work they brought in, put some soap in the soap dispenser, and it had no scent. And so I pressed the soap, I washed my hands, and and there was nothing. I was like, ah, oh, this is disappointing, you know? And maybe for some people like that sort of thing, but the idea here is that you have a scent. You have a smell to people. And, and uh, we don't want to be the pig pen smell, right? We, we don't want to be that pineapple, so to speak. I know maybe that's not the great, because some of you may really like the pineapple. But So um, let's make sure that our smell is good and our light is good. Remember this little light of mine? I'm going to make it, you know, that's, that's very important that we have light and salt, right? Light, although some people's, Christian's light is so bright. You know the new cars that they have out now driving down the road and, and their lights are and at night you're like, whoa, that's too much. So maybe we want to make sure that we're the right light and not just like that. Everybody, time somebody comes into contact with us, they're going, whoa, here we go, you know. Um, but we are supposed to be light. We are supposed to be salt. We are supposed to be an aroma of Christ. 2 Corinthians 2, 15 and 16 and uh, I'll just read it off the screen if you guys want to put it. It says, for we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To the one, we are the aroma of death leading to death, and to the other, the aroma of life leading to life. And so isn't that true? The, the Bible brings this verse and plants this right in the middle of 2 Corinthians and and brings this whole aroma concept to light. And that's what we are. And um, isn't smell wonderful? I mean, I, you can go and, and uh, smell a bunch of different things and no calories in smell, right? And so, uh, although it doesn't really do the job, does it, Michelle? But it, it can be decent anyway. So we, we have to 
we have to understand that we exude this something. Whether it's pig pen, we can't be nothing, right? We, we're, we're like Peter. We're exposed now that we belong to Christ. And we are going to um, make a difference. We're going to have an impact on others around us. Um, like a good perfume. How many of you like a really nice perfume? My wife will put a good perfume on sometimes, and I just, it's just really, it's, it's nice to have that. It's nice, a good perfume. So really, it comes down to this. How do people feel when they're around you? You know, like my wife will come home. We're all at home, and everything's just kind of, she comes in, and the whole place just kind of calms right down. It's happy and at rest and at peace again. Sometimes she'll be gone for a period of time, and uh, the whole house kind of turns brown and gray. <laughs> you know, the plants start to die. and But when she comes back, it just takes a short period of time, and everything comes back to life, and everybody's happy again. When I come home, it's not so, not so much, maybe. I don't know. But I know that we each have an impact when we come you know, we sing that song, when you walk into a room, right? Je that's talking about Jesus coming in and his presence just changes everything. Darkness flees. How does your presence do? How does it do when you walk into your classroom at school, when you walk into your place of work, or your home even with your, your loved ones around you? So we're supposed to be this salt and, salt and light, right? And um, so... The good thing is, and we're going to read in Jonah about the rest of this in just a minute. The good thing is, is God is the God of second chances. So everywhere you've been, maybe you've been neutral, maybe you've had a negative impact, impact God's going to give you more chances to be that light, that salt, that aroma, right? And he does, he does to Jonah too, and I'll just read it off the screen here. Jonah chapter 3, verse 1 through 5, it starts off the same way it does in chapter 1. Now, the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. How many of you like second chances? Again, we're, you're going to get them. You're going to get them this week, too. Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach, to, preach the message that I tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Now, Nineveh was an exceeding great city, a three-day journey in extent. And Jonah began to enter the city. On the first day's walk, then he cried out and said, Yet 40 days and Nineveh will be overthrown. And then uh, the last part of this, So the people in Nineveh believed God, proclaimed a fast, and uh, put on sack sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. Jonah gets a second chance. And um, so, uh, again, my question to you, again, a challenge. If you come to church and you're not being challenged, you better find another church or something. I don't know. I think, I think Jesus spoke always in such a way to, as to challenge whoever he was talking to, to go to the next level. So I want to challenge you today. Are you dwelling in Tarshish instead of Nineveh? Um, do you smell like you've been in the belly of a whale for three days? You know, um, what's God pressing on your heart to do? Something that you've been avoiding. Is be, he's, has he been calling, is there a Nineveh in your life that you need to give some attention, some energy to, whether it's missions or 
whatever it is, I'm not sure what it is, but God is calling you and you've resisted, you've pushed, you said, I'm not, that's, I'm not ready for that or I just blatantly don't want to do that for whatever reason. I want to make sure that we understand today that our disobedience has a negative impact. We show up, when you show up somewhere disobedient, you're a pig pen in that environment. And you can try to cover it up and hide it, but it's, it's very difficult because um, pig pen reaches a long ways in our lives, right? And I want to read a little Facebook post. I, post. I think it's worth this. This is something that um, somebody had posted a while back. I saved it. And it's about a guy by the name of Jim Simbala. He preaches in the churches in the slums of New York. He tells the following story. He says, it was Easter Sunday. And I was so tired at the end of the day, I just went to the edge of the platform, pulled down my tie and sat down and draped my feet over the edge. It was a wonderful service with many people coming forward. The counselors were talking with these people. As I was sitting there, I looked up in the middle of the aisle, and there was about in the third row was a man who looked about 50, disheveled, filthy. He looked up at me rather sheepishly as if saying, could I talk to you? We have homeless people come in here all the time asking for money or whatever. So as I sat there, I said, said to myself, though I'm ashamed of it, what a way to end the Sunday. I've just had such a good time preaching and ministering. And here's a fellow probably wanting some more wa some money for, for wine. There you go. Um, he, he walked up. When he got within about 50 feet of me, I, I smelled a horrible smell that I'd never smelled before in my life. It was so awful that when I got close, I would inhale by looking away, and then I'd talk to him, and then look away to inhale because I couldn't inhale facing him. Ever been in that place? I asked him, what's your name? David, how long have you been on the street? Six years. How old are you? 32. Remember, he looked like he was 50. He looked 50, his hair matted from teeth missing, front teeth missing, wino eyes slightly gazed, where did you sleep last night, David? An abandoned truck. I keep in my back pocket a money clip that I also that also holds some credit cards. I fumbled to pick out, uh, pick one out, thinking I'll give them some money. I won't even get a, a volunteer. They are all busy talking with others. Usually we don't give money to people. We just take them to get something to eat. I took the money out. David pushed his finger in front of me. He said, "I don't want your money." I want this Jesus, the one you were t talking about because I'm, because I'm not going to make it. I'm going to die in the street. I completely forgot about David, and I started to weep for myself. I was going to give a couple of dollars to someone God had sent to me. See how easy it is. I could make the excuse I was tired. There was no excuse. I was not seeing him the way that God sees him. I was not feeling what God feels. But, oh, did that change. David just stood there. He didn't know what was happening. I pleaded with God, God, forgive me, forgive me. Please forgive me. I am so sorry to represent you this way. I am so sorry. Here I am with my message and my points, and you send somebody, and I'm not ready for it, oh, God. I'm not going to go any further with it, but I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, at the end of the story, this David ends up as a preacher through, this, through the whole process. And this is what we, you were talking about this morning. We had a, our meeting this morning, our huddle at 8.20, 8.22, right? Because Gabe was praying already. And, um, and 
Julie started talking about people coming to us, and she started crying. Of course, Julie cries easy anyways, but um, it was it was legitimate. And we were all like, yeah, people are coming, they're hurting. And uh, so this whole smell thing, let's turn it around for a minute. What smells attract you? What smells repulse you sort of thing? Are your, I know we have taste buds, but we have smell buds too, right? And uh, do you have a sense of smell that is, that when you smell something really bad, you turn and walk away and go go away from it. In this case, it was God's will to go towards that bad smell. And we got to be ready and willing. Remember the movie Blindside? And I think the the star of, uh, was Sandra Bullock, but she played Leanne. And she goes into Big Mike's neighborhood. She drives up in her BMW. I think it was a 5 Series. She parks it and... and um, you know, everybody's looking at her. And she's like, oh boy, what am I doing? That same feeling that you and I would have when we're in a place that doesn't smell good, but we know we need to be there, that Nineveh in our lives, right? And so she gets out of the car and and walks up. And, you know, it was really an awkward situation for her, but it was something that she had to do. And there's stuff that you and I have to do. And in the face of what is can be a terrible smell in our lives, we need to go into, into that with some courage, right? Courage is a really understated um, attribute in a person right now. We need more courageous people, don't we? And I don't know if, I don't know about you, but I'm not even sure if I'm courageous. I haven't been in situations really that have tested that, but I, I hope that at, at, at those points in times when it, when it's tough and I need to do the right thing, I will do it. Amen? So um, what smells do you avoid? What smells um, do you know that you need to go into even though it's awful? What time? What times in the past where you've, uh, where you've just decided, I'm not driving down that street. I'm going up the, the street with the nicer houses, right? We can live our whole lives and avoid the discomfort and the awkward situations. But I think God is speaking to us to say, stop driving down the nice uh, um, streets and the res uh, residential areas where, the, where, it's, where it's really pretty. Start going someplace where it's not so pretty. Be present. Be an aroma of Christ that really people, that can make a difference for people. So, um, and one of the things I said is, you know what an active ingredient is? You ever hear of an active ingredient? That's something in, like, if you get your pool shock, and it's like, uh, the active ingredient's like 2% of the whole thing. But it's everything to that. And I think pool shock, the a active ingredient is calcium hypochlorite, right? And that's what's most important about that pool shock. And I'm saying for us, we need to be the active ingredient in circumstance situations that we're in, right? So I want to just talk, I'll, I'll finish up here sh really quickly, hopefully. I want to talk about how we can smell good, how we can be the aroma of Christ. And uh, I think the first thing that needs to be said is we need to clean up, right? And you know how it is. After about, anybody got a deodorant that really works a full 24 hours? You know, it, they claim, oh, this can work 
there's some stuff that's two hours into it, and you know that's that that you need to get got to get a different brand. But we get dirty fast. That's my point. We get physically dirty really fast, and everybody pretty much take a shower once a day or so. Hopefully, don't raise your hands. Let's not go down this path. <laughs> but we do need to bathe physically, really pretty much daily. So we need to clean up spiritually, regularly too. We can't go a week, two, three weeks without being in the Word. We can't do that because the Bible talks about the Word as being a washing agent, the washing of the water of the Word. It talks about that in Ephesians 5. And so we have to make sure that we're clean. Um, we need to possess a smell of the spirit of power, not the smell of anger, sorrow, worry, self, pride, you know, and lust and all that other stuff that gets on us in a very short period of time, even after our last washing. How many of you takes you like just a few short minutes, especially kids, to get dirty after you've had them? Yesterday I took a shower and I said, I'm going to go out on my bike. And I started pedaling and I get sweaty all over again. You know, it doesn't take long, right? And so that's why we need to stay in the word and to keep ourselves clean and, and uh, to make sure that we're, we don't start stinking, right? Um, a, second area, a second area to, to um, be the aroma crisis is, to, is in finances. And I, I, I kind of want to downplay this a little bit, but there are times when, when God can use us and our money to be a blessing to other people. You know, there's a lot about money that should make us uh, be very careful because it says, uh, uh, you know, the love of money is the root of all evil. And, and it's kind of like, like that oxycodone. You know, we people take that for an addiction, but it's highly addictive itself. And the same with money. When you start using money to, to you know, just throw money at situations to try to help, it can, it can be become a, a, at a high level where it's not supposed to be. Nevertheless, there is a place for it, right? Any, um, anybody consider themselves a really good tipper? There's a few hands going up. Yes, good. I would say that's a good place to start. When you go out and you're going to tip, and I, n I always know it's it's to give the to give the tip is one thing, but that few extra dollars or the extra five or whatever, you can feel that. It hurts a little bit. Giving really is effective when it gets to the point where we go, oh, you know, I felt that one. You know? And the same way when you tip, that's a good that's a good place to start. Be a good tipper, be a good testimony, a good witness. We go to a certain restaurant every now and then and um there's waitresses there, and they run over to try to get our table, you know. <laughs> so be like that. That's an aroma. There's something there that's that's uh, really, really beneficial to to people. So the third one is encouraging words. Encouraging words. How to be, how many of you have been just totally blessed by people's encouraging words? You know what? There is so much power there. And I've got people in my life that have encouraged me. I was going to talk about Mike McGee today, but he's not here. He, but Mike, Mike has said, said this to me. He says, he says, Bruce, 
it's really difficult to underestimate you. I go, oh, what? And then there's Elaine. Where's Elaine? Elaine Kessner's here. Elaine says, you're smarter, Bruce, than two dumb guys. <laughs> that's what she said. Marty Avery. Marty said to me, well, that's a level of incompetence I've never seen before. And, and Guy Frigo's the last one. He said, Bruce, someone said you were good for nothing. But I told him that you were. That you weren't good for nothing. I told him that you were. So that's it, guys. And I'm going to try to, how do you weren't good for nothing, but you are good? I don't know. But th thanks, guys. Thanks for encouraging me. So I want to just, <laughs> but really, truly, oh, encouragement. Sometimes ribbing is good, too. Ribbing is encouraging. Isn't it, Elaine, sometimes? It, it, it lightens the, as long as we don't go too far, right? Don't go past that, re that line of respect for people that I was talking about earlier. Proverbs 25 says, A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pictures of silver. Just a beautiful thing to speak to them, speak good things. Um, another way we can be the aroma of Christ is with power and oil in the Bible. Acts 3, 6, Peter and John says, I don't have silver and gold, but that which I have, I give to you. You know, it's getting to the point in time where um, just words aren't going to do it anymore. Right? We can preach and teach and all that stuff, and people are just going to say, it says 2 Timothy 4 says, the time will come when they will no longer endure sound doctrine. And we're going to need to be able to walk in the prophetic more and, and have oil in, in, that we can distribute and power that we can walk in. And if you're not really sure just how to use that, just get with somebody get, and ask them their problems and then start praying and let God teach you and show you things like Charity this morning. What she did, she, she started praying for every one of those children and God gave her pictures, gave her, gave her words for each of those children. And that, that encouragement, that, that oil and that power is, is going to be very important too. Um, I'm going to also say, number five, to be the aroma of Christ is introduce God during your discussions. Look for ways to introduce Him, right? I had a water problem Friday morning. My The intake from my building downtown, it was just totally rotten. It was just dripping one tap, and it would have been just terrible. It would have been a... Uh, um, and it lasted like for four days like that, and it took four days to get... So I had Brian Hurlbut's construction guys come down there on um, the first thing Friday morning, and they fixed it in like 30 minutes. He, he said, you know, you could have had a terrible situation down here with this. And I walked upstairs, and I yelled out, thank you, Jesus. Bring God in. Don't be ashamed to bring God in. I mean, don't, like, like I said before, don't be a blinding light, but be a light, right? And there are times and places where we need to be courageous and say, Jesus is my source. Jesus took care of this situation. Jesus, I tell it to my son all the time, he, he's blessing our business. This is, this is about Jesus. Amen? So bring God into the discussions. Be a person of conviction, courageous. I, be in the, the place. There are times, there's times and places where you say, you, you're going to say, I know the difference between right and wrong, and that is wrong. And so be a person of conviction. That brings the aroma of Christ. Um, the aroma of death leaving, death leading to death 
is when we do confront those situations that aren't right, we say, no, this is truth. Remember, remember a person by the name of John Lewis? John was a congressman in Georgia. He died at the age of 80 like a year or two ago. And uh, he had this concept of promoting good trouble. He says, make good trouble, find good trouble. That's what he said. Go somewhere and stir it up. If it's wrong, start dealing with it. Go, be courageous. Be a person of conviction, right? Moses did it. Even though Moses addressed, addressed Pharaoh, and even though it brought a lot of trouble on the um, uh, Israelites because they had to make their own straw, they had to use their own, get their own straw to make their bricks. In the end, the result was obviously really favorable. He let the people go. But there's times when you have to make good trouble. You have to be courageous. You have to be a person of conviction. The last thing I'm going to say is leave every situ leave every situation better than you found it. Right? When you um, when you show up, make sure when you leave, the tone is a little bit better than it was. And that's a way to be the aroma of Christ. And um, I remember I I've, I bought a car from Susie way back. Remember I bought your Honda Accord? And it's easy to buy, a, buy something from the Kramers because they always give you something that's just been really well taken care of. And we want to be like that. We want to be with people. That car lasted me a long time. I drove that to Arizona. But be, be the kind of person where you... Your presence makes something eternal that's long-lasting, right? That's going to serve that group really well. Even if it's just a something really small, be the aroma of Christ. So I'm going to just, quick summary, then we're going to pray. Um, keep in mind the price of disobedience. It's a tempest around you. It's that pig pen effect or the pineapple in the pizza, if you will. Keep yourself washed with the word. Separate yourself from your finances and troubles. And be courageous in the situation and encouragement with oil and power. Spend your reputation. Do it a lot. I remember when I first got saved, all of my friends, I had a whole transition of friends when I got saved. I lost a lot of friends. And I would, one of them, um, his name was Kirk. And I'd say, Kirk, Jesus is alive. And, and, and I would talk to him about the Lord and he, because I had a relationship with him and it would push him away, you know. And then I'd go back and start being friends with him. I'd build my relationship with him, build my reputation, and then I'd spend it again. i say, Kirk, you really need the Lord, you know. Push him away. And, and so I'm, what I'm saying is that use what you've got. Use your reputation. Um, because a lot of you have really solid reputations with a lot of people that are unsaved. Pick and choose. I don't mean just um, at any whim, but at the right time, you got to be able to. You got to be willing to cash that in, right? You got to be willing to say what I have to say about God is more important than my reputation, or even my what you think of me, right? So um, that's that's the um, that's the message today. Be the aroma. Christ. And I'll, I'll just end with, by saying, be strong and do it. When 
people get up here and speak and give you a charge, something like this, 25 times the Bible says, be strong. And, uh, and I'm not just saying that. I'm going to pray right now that God would impart to each of us that we would be strong and carry this out. Take this seriously, that who, how you live your life has this incredible impact on people around you, like pig pen and the negative, or you can, it can be an aroma of life unto life to many. Amen? Let's just pray together. Why don't you stand and... and uh, Julie, you all set? Okay, I'm going to just pray. Father, thank you today, Lord God, that um, you've given gifts to men. You've given things to us, Lord God, that we are to use. And we thank you that for each of our gifts, Lord God, we ask today, Father, that you would help us to begin to walk in our gifts and our callings. And Lord, that you would energize us this morning. Uh, help us, Lord God, to take seriously the call of God in our lives, that we would be a sweet aroma of Christ to those around us. Even this week, Lord, help us to recognize, Father, that we have an impact. And, and Father, that we would properly represent you, Lord God, with this, a, a good smell, Father, a holy smell, Father, the smell of heaven on those around us, Lord God. Let us take this seriously. Strengthen us, Lord God. We thank you, Father, for the blessing on our families, Lord God, those of us with that are really difficult situations right now. Father, I pray for um, guidance, wisdom, comfort for any of those. Who's got a, Who's in a really tough spot right now? Raise your hand if, if you're in a really tough spot. There's a few of you. Father, we just pray for those that are just deep into it right now, Lord, that are just overwhelmed. Help we ask, Father, that the oil and the anointing of God would come and rest on them and rescue them, Lord God, each of them in Jesus' name. Help us to be that aroma that are around people that are hurting, that, that boosts them, encourages them, that blesses them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to NTC Messina's podcast. We hope you join us next week and have a blessed day.